Nas, the bottom, baby, let's go. No, I mean bottom, Cali, let's go. You guys want some? Ready to transform you in the I hate a storm Hell Mary's I make it poor Good I ain't lying You little giants We been defying Rice What's the cost? Speed the boss Breaking down the walls We all in Once the coin guitars Got the plan of action Never acting No need to scramble To get traction We make it happen From three fours to four three The founder of Slapdick Podcast Slapdick uh, Whiskey Slapdick Cigars And the author of uh, Hate Me Now Love Me Later Ladies and gentlemen Coach Jason Brown Straight No chaser Real raw and uncut Coach Every time you come on I laugh I learn something And then I fear That somebody's gonna be Incredibly pissed off with what you said. All around hustlers. Make no mistake about it. I've done this a long time. Try to eliminate this soft society we have. There's legend roaming around. Hey, me now, love me later, like my book says. This was presented by Slapdick Whiskey. Hey, Hell yeah, hey Slapdick yeah. Whiskey's good. So are the Stogies. Some real thought, real good flavor on these things, and the burn is excellent. Beautiful burn. Okay. Yes, sir. That big whiskey, that big cigars. Be true to yourself and see if, if if some shit changes for the for the worse or for the better. They asked me to do a podcast. They said let's call it the Slapdick Podcast. What up? What up? The real coach JB here, man. On this Talk That Talk Tuesday, here on the eighth of February, two thousand twenty-two. Um, appreciate everybody joining me here on YouTube. Uh, show brought to you by betonline.ag. Uh, if you're all new joining on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. As you know, the format has changed. I'm taking live callers daily, video callers, unlike any other show on the net. We're taking live video callers, and uh, you got to have some nuts and guts to come on this show. This ain't for the weary, this ain't for the weak. So pop your ass in here. You want to talk that talk? Today's the day. Tuesday, talk that talk Tuesday. Um, we're gonna get in. We're gonna get after it, man. And uh, I appreciate everybody joining um, here on YouTube. Make sure you become a member. One ninety nine a month. You spend more money on that at fucking Starbucks. Stop playing. Show the Slapdick Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Um, dot ag. The big game is finally coming this Sunday. The last game of the football season, Bet Online has you covered. Odds, scores, today's players, totals, performance props to where the next coach is going to get fired is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022, and it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is the number one online wagering destination. Head on over to betonline.ag today. Use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive 50% off on your welcome bonus. And use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get you started. BetOnline, where the game starts. Check it out. Tell them, tell them, tell them the main slap dick sent you. Lucy in the house. Everybody here on YouTube. Appreciate you. John pull what up? Appreciate everybody joining. Um... Uh, Make sure you guys, uh, if you guys want some whiskey, make sure you hit me up. Go over to the site, um, coachjbstore.com. Check it out. Go over, buy you some whiskey. It's going like hotcakes. It's really, really good. Um, 
We will be in the state of Tennessee in all liquor stores here in the next week or two. We are already in Oklahoma. We will be back in Kansas. Just a little sneak peek. We'll be back in Kansas where the whiskey sold out 100 cases in one day. So I appreciate all that. Um, Kansan, all my fellow Kansans that supported me. Oklahoma, the whiskey's selling like crazy. I appreciate you. Tennessee, I'm sure it's going to do even better. So I appreciate Tennessee for everybody that's going to be located in the Slapdick Whiskey and finding that. Um, So I appreciate everybody, but make sure you become a member today, man. We're almost at 100 true members. Uh, We want to get that shit going and get it growing. And uh, we got 10,000, almost 11,000 subscribers. Uh, We need to get 11,000 damn members. So, yes, we do ship to Hawaii. Um, So become a member. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Hit the bell notification so you know when I'm on. Um, We are working on getting it in Michigan, New York, New Jersey, and Florida here shortly, along with Vegas or Nevada um, and a few other states. So, Yeah, Tennessee, I know you guys like to drink, so it's all good. Um, So I appreciate you. Bottom, let's go. Um, So, yeah, we're going to talk about the football and and the game this week. I'm going to break down some matchups. But, you know, we got a lot to discuss here, man, on the Slapdick podcast here. Um, So, you know, we're going to get into it. But have you ever talked that talk or shared some real game? I got hip to some game last night, man, by a buddy of mine in Vegas. Um, Make sure you guys all go follow my Facebook also. I wanted to make sure I let everyone know. Um, I have a business account on Facebook. I didn't really even realize, but um, it's, uh, it's located on my YouTube channel. If you click the Facebook link on my YouTube channel. Um, I will put it in the in the in the deal too, but go go check that out, man. Because I will uh, I'll be posting a bunch of reels on there, and uh, so I want you to check it out. Go peep it out. Um, I'll post. Uh, I'm gonna put it in the chat right here. Go follow that Facebook page for me. I just put it in the chat. Facebook.com forward slash real coach JB or backslash whatever they fucking call it. I'm here smoking a stogie that just went out on me. Um, a nice, good little stick. Hopefully, it could last the, the show. I doubt it though. I smoke pretty fast. The Carolinas are also on our radar. So, we're trying to get the whiskey in the Carolinas as well. So, um, this show, Talk That Talk Tuesday, we, I named it Talk That Talk Tuesdays for the simple fact that I'm going to spit some real game at you. Um, you know, I'm still going to be me and do me and all that type of shit, but I want to make sure that I try to help some people out and bring some perspectives to some folks. Uh, whether, you know, it's, uh, it's fun and games, joking, fucking around, or if it's some real spit, not real spill. We discussed that yesterday, contrary to belief. I grew up in the real spit era, um, also the dog-eat-dog world, not dog-eat-dog-eat world. So we broke that down yesterday. Obviously, I posted a video on social media. Um, contrary to belief, 
I'm gonna post it for you guys. Um, first of all, though, before that, I want to give you the quote of the day: "Hopelessness is the enemy of justice." Make sure you guys understand that, especially for all my brothers, Hispanics, even my good old white trash folks from the back in the backwoods that get fucked over either by the law or just by public persona. Lots to discuss today, but hopelessness is the enemy of justice. And I'm going to tell you why I use that quote uh, as I talk about the main meat and potatoes of this show later on. But um, contrary to belief, I'm going to post it on the screen for you YouTubers. Contrary to belief, a lot of cats where I grew up, we used to say probably. I still do. Pronunciation, enunciation, and how you spell it is totally different. So I want to make sure you guys understand that. Um, you know, um, probably that's just a hood term we grew up saying. And I don't know how many cats I grew up with understand that it's really probably. It's really probably. But we grew up in the hood where cats was just saying probably. And we didn't give a fuck. We still use it to this day. Me and my boys I grew up with, we say probably. Pacifically or specifically, everyone I grew up with, they don't, I don't think they knew the fucking difference. And you know what? I don't believe this world is based on intellect. I believe it's based on being a good human being, good heart, helping folks. And whether you could spell, read, write, or what have you, I think it's all relative. Right. Um, I think it's all relative and this fucking dog just unplugged my fucking screen. <sighs> um, I think it's back up, but it's all relative. Hold on a second, man. Let me let me let me get to this still. It's all relative shit because you fucks are fucking unplugging my shit, man. Get out of here. Slapdick Podcast brought to you by Fuck Sticks because we unplug shit. Anyway, um, contrary to belief, you know, a lot of cats say specifically. <laughs> I know we're on the West Coast and it's Pacific, but goddamn. Um, specifically, right? And then the, the, good, the good glass few ones pose to. You're so, you supposed to go win. The Rams post to win. <laughs> How many of motherfuckers heard that? How, we post to win. It's supposed to, motherfucker. Um, and then if you're from the hood, dog, whether you black, white, or Mexican, is it finna or is it fixing to? I would say fixing with the X is a, a white folk from the country say that. Finna is the hood. The hood brothers say finna. White trash and white people that are from the fucking backwoods, they probably say fixing. I'm fixing. And you hear it clear as a day. I'm fixing to cook supper <laughs> and have a pop. Nah, motherfucker. I'm finna have a Coke. I don't know. I just try to bring different shit to the table that people don't like to talk about and discuss. Um, 
Brad Richardson brought up a point. I have heard it his way as well. Post two. P-O-S-T two. Post. See, we say pose, so suppose. But it is what it is. Um, Bravo Blast said he says both. So what's, what's that make him? That makes you a chameleon, dog. Makes you a fucking chameleon. You could go anywhere, all walks of life. I know, I know cats that can do that shit. See, Texas, they say fixing. I already know. See, at least the shit I'm bringing up is real shit that everyone could relate to. Um, but I'm going to put the quote back up, man, because I, I, I like the quote. I think the quote is, is really relative to today's show. Um, the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, and they're probably going to win relatively big. And I'm going to talk about it. Um, so, you know. Um, but we'll talk. Slap dick segment, man. Um. Rams have no chance, real TJ said. Well, you have no chance, motherfucker, unless you become a member. So hit the fucking join button. Uh, Slapdick segment, man, today on the show is uh, is brought to you by NordVPN. All right. NordVPN, we already know, is uh, is here to give you a peace of mind. All right. Everybody that's online gets tracked, traced, gets threaded, threats, has a bunch of shit we face on the internet. NordVPN, N-O-R-D, is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption. To make sure that, that everyone you everything you do online is safe and secure, join NordVPN on all your computers and devices. No matter in the operating system, it works with all. Um... Windows, it doesn't matter. NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth. You never have to worry about slow connection either. The plan starts at under $4 a month. So go grab an exclusive NordVPN deal by going to NordVPN.com slash Believe, B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V. Gets you 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN. Go check it out, man. It does truly protect your shit. I've learned about some VPN shit over the while, last few uh, months. It actually is a real thing. Um, slapdick segment of this show, man. The NFL owners made a clap back. They, bite, they barked back. They came back after Flores and Hugh Jackson, um, who basically filed a suit, came out with all the accusations towards all the owners, and the owners of each team that was accused came back and, and, and slapped back. Since then, if you haven't noticed, Hugh Jackson came out and clarified that he didn't receive any monies from Cleveland's owner. So it's starting to make you wonder, okay, now what's really going on here? These motherfuckers lying? I have an issue with a few things, okay? First of all, everybody on Spotify and iTunes, Apple, iHeart, 
That noise you hear is my lighter lighting up my stogie. Um, the issue I have with Brian Flores and Hugh Jackson's statements are this. I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm trying to defend them right now. I'm going to defend them by saying, why would you lie? Why would they lie about this all of a sudden? You know, the 25th hour, basically. Um, why would they lie? What benefit will they gain? Is it a 10 minutes of fame popularity thing? I mean, what are they gaining out of lying about this? And knowing the owners were going to come out and, you know, rebut their statement. They were going to come out and defend themselves. They're a good old boy. They have support. They don't have to fucking make, they don't have to come out and say, yes, you know what? I am truly on uh, sorry that I did pay Brian Flores to lose games or offer him money. <laughs> you think they were going to say that? My point is, though, don't Brian Flores and Hugh Jackson have more to lose in this scenario, in my opinion, by never gaining employment again in the NFL? By saying these things if they were untrue. See, I've talked to some former players and shit, and they all back Brian Flores. Um, so, you know, it doesn't. It's just when you're not there, it's hard to assume, man. That's why I never judge and assume things if I'm not there and don't know. So I don't know. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and ask, why would you... Do this if you're going to get blacklisted. Like, why would you fucking come out and say this shit? Um, and then what makes Brian Flores join my slapdick segment? Because now he releases, him and his lawyers release a statement yesterday after the hiring of Lovey Smith. And it makes you look real, real salty. It makes you look real salty. Like now we're fucking salting up your own, our, our own brothers. You're, you're, you're salting up a brother who got hired in Lovey Smith, who I don't agree with the hire. I think it's a recycled hire. Um, he has had decent success. You know, he's had better success than Leslie Frazier as a head coach. But Leslie Frazier, I try to, I try to come in and talk to all the people that make comments. Leslie Frazier had less than a stellar head coaching record but I want to clarify everything before you just go off of the end result and I understand it's a results-oriented life we live and it's what have you done for me lately but the truth of the matter is Leslie Frazier was the interim at the Minnesota Vikings he inherited a roster that was horrible and they kept him three years and could never really get from underneath his inheritance so you can't judge Leslie Frazier off of that. Now, Jim Caldwell had a pretty good career comparable, comparable to any other NFL fucking head coach. So, and Lovey has a winning record with the Bears. Um, that's why I always say NFL coaches do not translate well to college. College coaches do not translate well to the NFL. It's totally different. They're totally different galaxies. Lovey struggled mildly at Illinois um, and now he's back 
But Brian Flores makes his career go down the toilet quick and in a fucking hurry after the Lovey Smith hire and after you make a statement with your lawyers. Dog, leave the lawyers out of it. Stay the fuck out of it. If you're going to sue them, sue them. But why are you making this such a spectacle now? Now you're looking worse and worse. Um, who has seen the video of McDaniel on the airplane talking to Tua? Has anybody seen that? <laughs> Holy fuck. Who has seen the video of this motherfucker on the airplane? Um, ah, it's crazy. Crazy. Um, John Evie, what time call you? I don't know what that means. Are you Asian, motherfucker? I don't know what that means, what time call you. And you're not a member. So unless you're a member, you don't call me nothing, motherfucker. I call you shit. Um, but anyway, the Portland Trailblazers NBA trade deadline is approaching quickly. And we have uh, we have some fucking uh, We have uh, some trades that happened today. The Portland Trailblazers are slap dicks for the for the main reason, in my opinion, that they just cannot get out of their own way. You have had Lillard and McCullough, McCollum for the duration of their careers. And you continue to fuck yourself and you can't get out of the fucking first round. Like, and now you just lost McCollum. You have no, you have no, um, Dame. He's hurt. So what are you guys doing? I'm just curious. Um. The Portland Trailblazers just haven't done shit since fucking... Here you go. I'm going to show you this clip, okay, of uh, Mike McDaniel on his call with Tua. Okay? Listen to this. YouTube, you can watch it. Because I'm fucking sweet like that. Um, we're going to have an extensive professional relationship, my man. One thing I know about you is you have the ambition to be great. My job is to coach you to get all that greatness out of you. And it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be work, but I know you're not afraid of that. So um, this, is, this is an awesome day for me. Um, and I'm damn sure going to make sure that when you look back on this day, you're going to be like, damn, that was one of the best days of my career too. Okay? But I'll earn that from you. You got me? No, since you can't hear him, he's, there's a camera on us right now. Since you can't hear him, he's... He's telling me how excited he is and uh, that there's no other coach you'd rather play for in the entire world, which I thought was nice since it, this is the first time I've really talked to him. <laughs> I'm elated, bro. It is, it is an unbelievable opportunity for me that I do not plan on wasting in the slightest. You can, I promise you that. Um, I'm all in. You're going to get the best um, Why would you film out of this? me that you could possibly get. There's, Why there's are only we sharing one way to this? do anything great. 
So, uh, and there's no shortcuts. But let's go do something that's worth doing. It's on, bro. If you don't have eye black at home, you better go get some eye black, because we're going. It'll be outstanding, dude. I, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm happy for myself. Um, and I think the Dolphins <laughs> fans happy should be happy for as well. himself. That motherfucker said he's happy for himself. They've changed. Um, that was one of the most uncomfortable conversations I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, everybody wants likes and retweets. They all want to be fucking famous. And to me, you don't show that video. Because now if you fail, when you fail... You are now even more in limelight of being a failure, and now you just look like a fucking slapdick worse than ever. I gotta be honest though, that picture of that guy, video of him, um, gives you a lot of like fucking, uh, I get a lot of pedophile vibes. I get a lot of fucking, uh, the dude that was in the basement, um, in, uh, in Silence of the Lambs. Like, who the fuck was that? John Evie, what time call you tonight? Fuck, homie. What time can you call me tonight? We got to start. I'm teaching English class in this motherfucker. And make sure, John Evie, you're not a member, homie. You can't call in if you're not a member. God damn, motherfucker. I just told you. Where are you from, John Evie? John Evie, I apologize if you are, but I got to make sure you got to be a member first. Nah, I don't get Hannibal Lecter vibes. I get the vibes for the motherfucker that was in the basement that had the motherfuckers all chopped up. Remember? Remember that weird motherfucker that was down there with the makeup on and shit? That motherfucker is who I get the vibes from and that motherfucking coach. So... I don't know. Spotify CEO resigns, Barca. He resigned after the whole Joe Rogan deal that we discussed yesterday. Um, but apparently, uh, Buffalo Bill, there you go, JK's 80. Buffalo Bill is who that motherfucker reminds me of. Um, my boy Brian Bedell is in the room, uh, football coach. I appreciate you joining us, man, on Slapdick Podcast. Uh, the show is growing daily, daily, and I uh, appreciate everybody coming in. Um, the Spotify CEO re- resigns. See, that's the problem. I have a problem with him resigning for the fact that is he solely resigning for the fact that he's part of signing Joe Rogan to a $100 million deal? Because apparently Rumble or one of these other streaming sites have offered Joe Rogan $100 million to basically come on. And from what I read, he can basically say the N-word. He could basically talk about sexist shit. He could talk about COVID. He can do any fucking thing he wants on Rumble. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting on what happens there and what he does. Um, so we'll stay in tune to that one. Um, like I said, I never watched Joe Rogan's show. I don't know shit about him. I don't know him, so I refuse to make judgment. But... um. The CEO of Spotify resigned. 
I'm pretty sure that motherfucker will be okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the Spotify CEO probably doesn't have to work again in life. You know, um, we'll see. The real J- TJ, this is, I, I just want to point out something. He, he just said Joe Rogan is awesome. Do you know him? Do you know Joe Rogan, homie? See, a lot of people want to, we always put our fat foot in our fat mouth. I don't know the motherfucker. I didn't know Kobe. See, Kobe was the best player I've ever seen play. But I didn't know Kobe. I got to hang out with Kobe for about 20 minutes twice. When he was a rookie one year and about his fifth year in. at, the, at Once at Poly Pavilion, once at a club um, in L.A. Um, so the real TJ said he doesn't know him personally. He likes his views. So, liking his views and calling the person awesome is totally two different things. Because, see, I know people that, this is real shit now. I know people that judge folks, like myself. (laughs) I, I deal with cancel culture every day. I know people that judge people without ever knowing them. Kobe Bryant used to be judged because he faced a rape allegation. And he was judged for his playing ability because he had a rape allegation. Now, how the fuck does one thing have to do with the other? See, I don't know Kobe Bryant, so I'll never judge him for what I do not know about. All I know about is that that motherfucker was the best player I ever seen. Coach, he hated on Shaq. Him and Shaq. Who gives a fuck? Is that your homeboy? <laughs> Is Kobe your boy? Um, oh, dog. I, I don't know, man. It's just a trip. Like, how do you judge a motherfucker? Because him and, him and Shaq didn't get along. Do you know Shaq? Like, I can fight the fact that Shaq may be the problem. Has anyone ever talked about Shaq being a problem when Kobe and Shaq had their beef? Shaq now comes out and says, you know, they should have figured it out and shit. But I just want to know and hear your point of view. Does any of you guys know that Shaq ruined relationships with Penny Hardaway, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Paul? (laughs) You want me to keep going? Kobe Bryant. Has anyone ever talked about those things? You guys do realize that, right? You do understand he had beef with all those players, right? I just want to make sure you know this. I love Shaq. But I only love him for what he does, what he gives, and how he is on TV. I never met Shaq. I don't know. I actually met him one time, but it wasn't like I sit down and talk to him. I just met him. But Shaq was, to me, the most dominant big man in the history of basketball. But, dog, he fucking, he he ruined a lot of relationships, dog. (laughs) A lot of relationships he ruined. So, for people to call out Kobe only, it blows my mind. Well, he raped a girl. No, he didn't. He actually beat the case. Remember someone said that yesterday? 
Oh, really? OJ's innocent too, right? Because he beat the case. Um, so, I'm just trying to say. Who's talking out of both sides, the real TJ? Um, yeah, Ray Lewis supposedly killed a person after the Super Bowl, right? He beat the case. Does anyone know that? No shit, AJ beat. No shit, OJ beat the case. We already we just said that. But anyway, off the whole Joe Rogan shit because I don't know enough about it. I don't know shit about it. All I know is you say the N word. I don't give a fuck what context it is in. He, he sounded pretty comfortable saying that motherfucker. I just know I would never say it. <laughs> is the real TJ? Are you slow, motherfucker? Didn't I just fucking say I never met Shaq or knew him? <laughs> Holy fuck. That's not the, it has nothing to do with him ruining relationships with the fucking players I just named. God damn. Some of you motherfuckers just talk. Anyway, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, everybody listening on the audio side, I, per, I apologize. Um, it's not the same as you, real TJ. <laughs> you sound fucking ignorant. Where is Russell Wilson going? How good is he still? Is he a top five to seven quarterback in the league? Have you seen Ryan Clark's statement after he basically said Russell Wilson's not very good? And then a bunch of black players and people came after him saying, why are you knocking a black quarterback? And he came out today talking about, I'm not coonery. It's not coonery. I'm not a coon. I'm not defending. I'm not. I'm just saying he's not very good regardless of color. See, this is the problem I have with this motherfucker. I have a problem with Ryan Clark. We've obviously got beef and had it out on Twitter and so forth. But Ryan Clark wanted the head coach at the time of the San Diego Chargers to get fired, but then turns around and says, we don't have enough black coaches. Well, then let's talk about the quick trigger that we have with black coaches. Black coaches get fired a year and a half quicker than the average white coach in the NFL. It's a fact. Go look up the data. But you're on a platform on ESPN, which is very large, and you're pushing the narrative to fire a black coach. Now you're talking shit about Russell Wilson. I agree. I don't give a fuck what color you are. I don't give a fuck what color coach you are. The best coach should be the get the job. White, black, brown. I don't give a fuck. The best coach should coach. If you're black and you don't get hired because you lack experience or resume success, then so be it. I get the 70% of the NFL is black. We already discussed this. The issue I have is the interview process, the Rooney rule, which is a slap in the face, and everything else. Um, is just a mockery to me. The NFL has become a mockery. Don't put racist in racism on your helmet and equality and equity and equity um, on in your end zones and then totally f- go against those things. <laughs> and you know what it is? The NFL's hiring more females and they think hiring a female is the same thing as hiring a black coach. It's not. I'm sorry, it's not. And to address uh, the real TJ, he said he loves Coach JB. Every everyone acts like he's supposed to get mad. No, I hope that's the problem. I hope 
you you hope I hope you understand I don't expect you to get mad. When you get mad is the is the people that I have more problems with because we got too many thin-skinned motherfuckers in America now and they can't handle real talk. And disagreements create great conversations. We talk about this all the time. Two bad people can't agree to disagree without calling them out, without calling them fucking names, without saying dumb shit, bringing up the history of someone's shit. You call them Hitler. <laughs> that's what ESPN folks that I'm fighting with on online, that's all they can come up with. Like, they have no context. They have no idea what the fuck that whole story was about. That's all they can pull up. See, it's hard. Um, it's hard to, to see, I don't know you on Twitter. You're a guy with two followers who has a fake name, a pseudo name. And then he's calling me out because he can Google me and f pull up a million different things I've done. See, we don't know who the fuck you are. I can't pull up who the fuck you are. You're probably this motherfucker on the airplane talking to Tua who's in the basement with a bunch of little boys, motherfucker. How do I know who the fuck you are? <laughs> Bull Perry said, I sound like Rogan. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I've never heard Rogan. But I'm sure Lisa could tell you the difference between me and Rogan. I'm pretty sure Stevie Wonder could tell you the difference between me and Rogan. But okay, Burl, you're a member. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, I still think Russell Wilson is a top five to seven quarterback in the NFL. I do not agree with Ryan Clark at all. I think a million motherfuckers... Um, would love to have Russell Wilson in their fucking organization right now. I would take Russell Wilson over Carson Wentz in a fucking New York minute. I would take over. I would take Russell Wilson over Baker Mayfield in a New York minute. I would take Russell Wilson over fucking Tannehill. Even though I love Tannehill for what they do, he's just not going to be the guy to ever get him over the top. I do think he's underrated, though. I've always said that. I would take Russell Wilson over, fuck, dude, at least 27 quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, right? So, that's just me. I think I would take him over Jalen Hurts. I would take him over fucking um, Garoppolo, even though Garoppolo's a winner. But I think Russell Wilson's a winner. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I would take Russell Wilson. I think he's still top five to seven quarterback in the NFL. Um, Portland Trailblazers uh, obviously made those trades. And then the, the Pacers and the Kings made a few big plays. Halliburton, a young rising star, I think must have had beef with the organization there in Sacramento along with Buddy Hield, but they took those guys for Sabonis. And fuck, just shows you the Lakers could have had that trade. The fucking Lakers could have made that trade. Um, I mean, I think both teams got better. That's a crazy trade right there. I think both teams got better. Indianapolis and Sacramento. Um, J.J. Reddick dominated Stephen A. Smith on his own show today. It's actually comical. He shut his ass down today with the LBJ and the KD talk. 
uh, about winning another championship. He says that they have their own pressure without the media's pressure. They don't need the media to tell them that they need to win another title. Reddick says he don't believe they need to win another title. LeBron, 10 finals in a row. That's pretty fucking impressive, right? KD's been to 4 one, two. Um, I think they put their own pressure on themselves. And Reddick said, let's call them right now. And I bet you they would agree with me over you. Stephen A was backpedaling like a motherfucker, man. I thought it was fucking funny as shit. Um, Baker Mayfield's fucking horrible, bro. He's the most overrated quarterback in the fucking NFL. Carson Wentz is second. Um, here are my hot takes, man. I'm going. Everybody that's in the show, I appreciate you guys. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today. Please let me see you become a member. Like I said, I do bring caller, callers on. I do giveaways. Um, and uh, like I said, the, the merch is coming out soon. More merch. Um, much updated. Much more updated merch than what I have on. Um, plus, you can win some whiskey bottles, a book, poster. I got all kind of shit. Cup. I'm going to get into some NFL talk. We're going to discuss the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl week here in L.A. I'm in L.A. area. Radio Row is here in L.A. Um, everybody's there right now. Um, I just got the phone with uh, my boy, Marcellus Wiley. He's not there. He's in the studio at Fox. But, uh, you know, everybody, if you guys watch Pat McAfee's show this morning, he's on, he, they're all there. Everybody's there. Um, FanDuel hooked their show up, didn't they? Holy fuck, that's a hell of a setup. Kudos to Pat and the boys. Um, they're doing big things, man. I can't do nothing but applaud them, right? I never hate, only congratulate, brother, even if we don't see eye to eye. Not, not saying me and Pat don't. Me and Pat are fine. I'm just saying people in general, if you're winning out there, keep winning, man. I don't give a fuck if you don't like me or not. I'm always going to try to hip you to game and, uh, that's just what I do. That's just how I am because life's too short and I don't give a fuck black, white, or blue. We all bleed red. So stop being a fuck stick. Um, Super Bowl breakdown part one. I will break down part of the Super Bowl every day this week. Um, this is my first breakdown. I'm going to go pros and cons for each team. It won't be a long segment. Uh, as I got more to talk about, but we're going to break down the pros and cons for the Bengals first. All right. The pros, obviously, is Jimmy Burrow. I told you guys six weeks ago that he's a guy that could very well make it to the Super Bowl this year. Everybody thought I was crazy. I said why. I was on ESPN radio talking about why I thought they could make it. Because, in my opinion, Jimmy Burrow, Jamar Chase, um, Joe Burrow, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, are all some young cats who are out there like they're playing in the street. And this is what I've stuck with the whole time. And now look, they are at the biggest stage of their life. They're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> they're in the fucking Super Bowl. And I told you guys, they don't give a fuck. There's no pressure on them. They're out there in the, in the street like they're just shooting hoop. They don't give a fuck. They're not supposed to be here. They're not supposed to be here. Post to. Motherfuckers, we just talked about it. Not supposed to. They're supposed to be. They're not supposed to be there. So, 
Kudos to Joe Burrow and all them. They better win that motherfucker their first time, though, because it's not going to be very often and fucking easy to get back to. Hope he knows that. Um, but the pros for the Bengals is Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Higgins, Boyd, and Mixon. All right? Their pass rush is a pro. They only rush four a lot of times. That is a problem for the Rams because Stafford wants to get it out to their playmakers quick. And if you only bring four um, and you can get to Stafford with those two edge rushers they have, Hendrickson is a baller. The, the, the D line for the Bengals is very, very underrated. Now, they are pass rusher extraordinaires. They're not run stoppers. I believe the Rams are going to run the football on the Bengals. And for the simple fact that the the cons, the cons for the Bengals are obviously their O-line and the tight end question mark. Is he playing or not? Um, is he going to play? Um I'll be out there with Pat Perez this weekend, man. So hopefully he does win. That'll be big. Phoenix Open. Great venue. Um, the the, the O-line and the tight end is a crucial element for this Bengal offense because we all know the Rams' strength is their D-line. But I'm going to break it down for you novices and everyone out there who thinks they know football. Okay, The Rams' pros are Stafford, Cooper Cup, OBJ coming into his own, and Higby. And then you have a difference maker back there, similar to what Marshall Falk once was in Cam Akers. Cam Akers will get you those yards that that hit you quick. Cam Akers hits the defense fast compared to Sonny Michelle, who does not. He's more of a bruiser. Um I think the Rams pros are Stafford Cup, OBJ. If they try to double cup, OBJ is a mismatch for that secondary um, Cam Akers. And then obviously we know the Rams D-line and secondary is very, very good. Okay. Lisa, Lucy, I know you guys are lost right now. You just stay in for this. uh, Just watch me smoke my stick and drink my fucking yak. So... We'll be back to the fun shit in two minutes. Um, cons for the Rams are O-line versus that Bengals D-line, in my opinion. You got a 41-year-old left tackle who's hurt for the Rams. And I want to see, I think a con is going to be Sean McVay and the play calling. I think the play calling is going to hurt him if he gets too pass happy. Bengals pass rushers can get after it. And if you if you throw the fucking ball first, second down, and then knowing it's on third down a pass, I think it's going to hurt you. I think you need to run the football, control the line of scrimmage, control the clock, make big plays when you can in the pass game, and... Control the pass rush, and I think the Rams um, will have success. All right. 
Now, let me break down why I believe the Rams are going to win the game and win the game decisively. What is the worst possible scenario for Joe Burrow and the Bengals? It is a D-line that is as good as the Rams with a secondary that Burrow has not played yet. Burrow has no O-line. So you saw he got sacked nine times, but in those nine sacks, if you haven't realized, he still came back and got the ball out quick and made huge plays and got it out to the playmakers fast. And we don't we don't understand that as a novice fan. All right. Can the Bengals O-line sustain the Rams D-line long enough for Burrow to get the ball out to his receivers who have earned the space in their routes? What I'm saying about that is let me explain the issue that the Bengals face, which is why I'm taking the Rams big. The Bengals' issues lie up front. We all know that. But the Bengals have not passed the first three opponents because they haven't been able to. They got past the first three opponents because the first three opponents' secondary is nowhere near this Rams' secondary. So what does that mean? Okay, I know my fucking O-line is shitty, but now I can get the ball out quick to Chase, to my tight end, to Higgins, regardless of my O-line. Well, that's not going to happen this week, dog. You got Ramsey following Chase. You got corners that are fucking very good who will, who can they can double Higgins and let Boyd beat you with no tight end. I don't believe it can happen. I don't believe Mixon's going to be able to get loose on the Rams' front. I think the Rams um, are going to have a lot of success and make it very hard on Burrow, man. And Burrow's going to look like a rookie. Now I don't believe I think I think Burrow's going to have success. I think Burrow is that dude. I think he has the it factor. I just think he's going to look like a rookie more than he has all year. Um, so I just want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. All right. Um, if you guys got any questions about that, let me know. I, I'll bring it in. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put up the I'm gonna put up the uh, poll question poll question for today. So if you guys call in, we'll discuss the poll question. I also have a trivia question for you. The poll question is Tom Brady, Tom Brady, if they lose the Raider game that year. If they lose Tuckgate, is Tom Brady, Tom Brady that you know today? Um, I don't believe he is. Because I believe that Drew Bledsoe is the starter. And I believe that... Like Tom Brady said, he's the backup. I think he's the backup the next year. So, it is what it is. Lucy and uh, Lisa and Lucy, you guys should both call in. I can bring you both on at the same time. And we can cut all the noise out from all the people. You know, we could just come down and talk shit. Um, I, uh, hey, uh, somebody said the Rams linebackers are below average. That's why I didn't mention them. <laughs> People always want to jump the shit I talk about. Did I mention the linebackers for the Rams one fucking time? Please, anyone out there, let me know. No, I didn't. You know what the success is in football, though? I don't give a fuck if it's high school, college, or the NFL. Do you know what the success of a fucking football team relies on? D-line and DBs. You can live with linebackers being average. 
You can be live with linebackers being average. Okay. Anyway, talk that talk Tuesday, man. Um, is a discussion that I like to bring to the table every Tuesday is talk that talk means I'm going to try to spit some real shit to people and hopefully some of you guys can take it and run with it uh, or not. But, um, you know, we'll see. Um, but poll questions up. Anyone want to call in? I will post that link after I talk this talk. And uh, Lucy will call in if they cancel your patient. Hey, it's all good, Lucy. Appreciate you. So I'm going to get into the talk this talk, all right? Um, play a little music for a second. Yeah, yeah. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member, man. Hit the, the bell notification. Transform you in Appreciate everybody. Storm, hell, Marys, I make it poor. You little giants, we've been defying. You don't need no fucking linebackers to win in the NFL, man. Go back to all the history of football. How many fucking linebackers won a Super Bowl? <laughs> Lawrence Taylor? By himself? Well, Lawrence Taylor is one of one, by the way. They taking naps. I'm smoking a tabernacle. If you guys don't know what tabernacle is, Ray Lewis did not win the Super Bowl by himself. You know they had a guy named Sarah Gusa and Sam Adams in the fucking uh, in a fifty front that dominated the line of scrimmage. Ray Lewis was free to make every fucking tackle in the world. Please, if you do not know football, don't talk. And let's just break it down that way. Because a lot of you guys just talk over your ass, out your ass, over your head. None of you can talk football with me. And I'm here trying to help you and understand the true fucking intricacies of this sport. So if you really want to talk football, please just ask. Don't say crazy shit that Ray Lewis won the Super Bowl by himself. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, not only did they have a best D-line, bro, they had the best fucking secondary in football, too. How about Rod Woodson, Ed Reed, fucking... How about fucking the corners? <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, talk that talk Tuesday, man. We're going to break down some shit. I'm going to get personal, and I'm going to tell you guys some shit that, about me. Obviously, you guys have heard or read about in the papers or news or Google or whatever. But I'm going to talk that talk because I'm going to break some shit down that I don't think anyone else will talk about. And I don't think they, um, will even consider the way that I spin this, but how many of y'all have ever had the nuts and guts to be in two places at the same time in the same world, in the same skin, but be in totally different places and spaces in your head, heart or soul. Let me exp let me revisit what I just fucking said because everybody had probably went over all your motherfuckers' heads. How many of you motherfuckers have had the nuts and guts to be in two places at the same time? In the same world, in the same skin, meaning our body, but be in totally different mental places and spaces. Your mentals are in two different places. 
Now, listen, we all dream. We all have. And I'm glad, Lucy, I'm glad you said that because a lot of you hear me say that and ask that question. But you guys have no clue what I'm going to and what I'm going to talk about. And it's crazy because I know 99% of y'all won't, can't, or have never been in two places at the same time. And I'm going to break it down and you're all going to hopefully sit there like shit. All right. Well, here's a true story. I've been accused of eight felonies twice in my life. Twice have I been accused of eight, not seven, not two, not one, not four, eight fucking felonies two different times in my life. That's a life changer, just so we're clear. If I'm convicted of those, I'm in jail for life. Just so we're clear. Just so you understand, right? Is it bad luck that I had eight felonies twice? Or is it because I'm a product of my surroundings? Is it ignorance? Is it stupidity? Wrong place, wrong time? Why do you have eight felonies charged twice, JB? Is it because where I grew up, I learned how to survive at times and earning results um, at day's end is what it was all about? You can ask all these questions, but let me explain. I had to work, make ends meet, um, smile and, and front for people other than myself daily during these pressing times that I just mentioned. Because I didn't go to jail. I went to jail the first time and they fucking... They let me out on my own recognizance, OR, if you guys have never been arrested, because I never had a prior. Um, but I had to help my mom, my daughter. I had to provide for her still. I had friends and players I was still coaching. I had players and friends and coaches who worked for me, etc., that I still had to smile in front of. Without showing any pain, any frustration, any downright fuck you attitude... <laughs> that I had inside of me built up. And I had to do this for three years on two separate occasions. Two separate occasions for three years with the media bashing my name, with idiots on social media thinking they knew me and saying that I'm guilty of everything, etc., etc. It blows my mind that another grown person can judge somebody that they've never met and think they know you. That's why you don't ever see me say I judge somebody that I never know. I don't know you unless you've personally came after me and showed some things that I've done. And then I'm still going to research you. But have you ever been in two places at once inside your own skin? Can you talk shit because you have bet on yourself and f have a fuck the world attitude regardless of what people assume about you? This is the grit, the tough skin, um, the grit, the tough skin, and the true to yourself buy-in you must have to stand above these bottom feeders in life, period. That's what I believe in. In turn, this gall and heart I speak of determine who one is and how they overcome adversity. It is what makes us who we are. None of you guys ever discussed this shit because it never has become that relevant to you probably because you live in La La Land and you suck Mickey Mouse and Doc, Donald Duck's dick every day and you tell people these um, sweet nothings in their ear 
and everyone wants to hear good things when the real the world is not a good place all the time, right? It could be good, but it's not always good. And there's always somebody trying to fuck you over or get what you have or salt you up or hate on you or etc. But doing it twice in one person's life is pretty fucking hard. And I'm just going to speak on it. But do you apologize every fucking time you're wrong? Every single time a motherfucker's wrong, he apologizes. Or lies. Motherfucker lies and then he apologizes. Or he fucks up and then he apologizes. Those are the fake fucks who crumble under pressure. Um, and a person who is made of glass and who is a see-through motherfucker. That's just what it is. And that's my personal opinion. That's true. I talk about Kirk Herkstreet all the time. I know Pat's close with Kirk and, and puts him on his show a lot. But he apologizes every year for saying some dumbass shit. Eventually, you apologizing for over and over and over is who you really are. Stop believing their apologies. How many fucking apologies are you going to make, motherfucker? You are that motherfucker. You are what you do, not what you say you do. <laughs> Can we please understand that? But this is why I think our young generation is so fucking soft. Um, the adults are fake. They're soft. They're liars. They lie to themselves. They lie to their own kids and their players if you're a coach. They're students if you're a teacher. And they agree to be subpar. <laughs> they agree to be fucking subpar. You can't be in two places at once, can you? Can you be in church smiling, knowing your face, you face adversity when you leave that motherfucker? Can you go to work and make ends meet to live, knowing you have this burden hanging over you? 99% of you motherfuckers cannot. You can't do it. This is why we are softer than ever. We, the adults, have created this monster. And if our children are the future, we have definitely motherfucking failed them. I'm just keeping it real. Um, I don't know if you know this stat, but it goes back to my quote. Okay. I want to pull up the quote of the day. Hopelessness is the enemy of justice. For every nine people who have been executed in America... One person on death row has been proven innocent and released. Let me say it again. For every nine fucking people who have been executed in America, one person on death row has been proven innocent and released. A shocking rate of terror and a fucking shocking rate of error. And uh, I just want to understand something. Are you going to train your mentals to be in two places at once? Or are you going to lay down and accept the bullshit that these motherfuckers throw at you? <laughs> I've, I could have easily folded, accepted a plea deal because that's what they want. Hopelessness is the enemy of justice. They want you to be hopeless because you don't have the money to fight it. You're just going to bow out. You're going to tap out. You're going to say, fuck it. Too many of us, especially our youth, get faced with this adversity and we can't hack it. We can't handle it. We now using a crutch called mental health. It's called mental weakness, people. It's called mental fucking weakness. 
if I was mentally weak, and I, 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 I thank my daddy to this day, I thank my mama, I thank my upbringing, I thank my environment, I thank my hood, because without that shit, I would be, I would have probably tapped out and folded and probably been in jail or dead. That's just the truth, just like a lot of people I grew up with. But can you be in two places at once or just accept the bullshit? Uh, I don't know, man. It's alarming rate, though. Nine people for every fucking... Nine people have been executed. One of them motherfuckers are innocent. <laughs> Let that stick in. So I was, a, I was, I was a charged with eight felonies twice for absolutely fucking nothing. It's... And I'm a white dude. So I'm just going to break it down. I never have been a, I've never reaped the benefits of white privilege. I never have. Probably because who I grew up with, who I was around, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I can see it. I've seen it. I've lived it. Okay. I was a victim of accusation. For the simple fact that it was convenient for the investigators who were irresponsible and didn't want to do their job and were lazy as fuck when it was blatantly not me. It was clearly not me, but they did not want to do their fucking job. I can only imagine how many young brothers, sisters or Hispanics or whoever get accused of shit that they didn't do because of lazy, irresponsible motherfuckers. It happens every fucking day, dog. I'm going to be real. And I've seen it happen, and I've been a victim of it. And I'm a fucking white dude who can walk the walk and talk the talk with any race. So, never never been able to understand or reap the benefit of white privilege. I don't even know what it is. I've been laid down with a gun on my temple as well. Um... Yeah, it is what it is, dog. I just I just know that if it happened to me, shit. It's a it's, yeah, you're right. Uh you're right, Matua. You don't really know when you are white when you get the white privilege. You're probably right. Um probably right. Um I've never I've never witnessed it or got to, got it. So it's some bullshit. But listen, how many of us are going to bow down and accept it, take a plea deal for something you did not do? I, I got offered a plea deal seven times for this shit in Kansas. Seven times, dog. And I told my lawyer, fuck them. I'm not pleading to something I didn't do. <laughs> now, I had the luxury of having a little coin, having some great lawyers, having the the opportunity to have known people that knew people to help defend me. Now that might be some privilege, but it wasn't white privilege. It was privilege of playing football at a high level, meeting people all over the world because of my football playing experience. That is why I tell these kids every day, stick it out. Quit transferring dog. Fucking learn how to be tough skin. Like, get some tough skin, nuts and guts. Let them drop. Quit fucking transferring, dog. You might meet a motherfucker to save your life at that school. But the more you transfer, the more you move around, the less people you get to build a relationship with. 
If you move around 17 fucking times, you're not going to meet the people on a consistent basis that you may need in life. <laughs> like, keep it 100. Keep it real. <sighs> so... Jada Benz, where you been, girl? I, um, we have a female in this room named Lucy and Lisa. There's two other females. Um, Jada Benz, Lucy, Lisa, you guys shouted out. Welcome to the chat again. Jada has been in before. She's been gone for a while. So now we have three females in here. Hope the same. I appreciate it. That was the wrong deal. I'm going to clap it up for the three females in here. But truth of the matter is, hey, dog, fuck mental health. Mental toughness is something that gets you past a lot of other shit other than using a crutch like mental health. Has anyone seen the video of the daddy who went off in court and they arrested him because he went off? Um... Um, he went off on the guy that killed his son. Has anyone seen that? Because he was in court accepting his plea, and he claimed, his lawyer claimed mental health. The daddy went the fuck off, dog, and it was nothing realer than the daddy and what he said. He said, and I'm just paraphrasing here, he said, you sure didn't have fucking mental health when you killed my fucking son, motherfucker. There's no more true statement than that. And even a truer statement is something that I've always said. Mental health chooses us. We don't choose mental health. PTSD chose Brad Richardson in this chat. Monique, another female in the house. We got females coming in. Jada, Lucy, Lisa, Monique. All you guys, I appreciate you guys. Everyone shout out to four females in the chat. Hundred and something people in here. We got four females. We got some gender equity going, some Title IX uh, qualifications now that I'm getting through here. Appreciate you guys. Um, mental health chooses us. PTSD chose Brad. Brad didn't choose that shit. I didn't choose mental health. We don't choose mental health. Dog, it's unbelievable that this motherfucker killed this dude's son and then wants to go in there and straight be a bitch. Excuse me, women, ladies. This is the cold part. Do the crime, but can't do the time? Motherfucker, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Man up, motherfucker. Man up. You killed this motherfucker's son. And now you want to bitch out and be a hoe and claim mental health. So that's the problem with us motherfuckers. That is exactly what's happening with these kids who entered the transfer portal. They can't own up. They can't own up to choosing a school that they didn't do the research on to figure out they're not going to fucking play for two years. And then want to transfer. <laughs> Can't accept the fucking accountability or the responsibility, dog. 
it's uh it really blows my mind that we are that fucked up in life. But it is what it is. I'm going to post the link to the chat so some callers can call in. I'm going to I'm going to uh I'm going to uh, put the trivia question up, and then I'll be giving away a slapdick hoodie, T-shirt. Um, so call in. Yeah, I don't claim to be a, a pastor or nothing, man, but, you know, I just spit real shit. I don't write shit down. I don't fucking... Um, I don't, you know, I don't say shit that I haven't experienced myself. See, I can't tell you how to live or be if I haven't experienced it. See, people always combat me and talk shit that JB, you don't know mental health's real thing. I never said mental health wasn't not a real thing. See, people always want to jump right over the facts of the shit I just said and then say, Mental health is a real thing. I didn't say it wasn't a real thing, motherfucker. I just said mental weakness is more of a thing. You guys use mental health as a crutch. PTSD is a real thing. <laughs> like, but that shit chose you. Your brain had no fucking, your brain had no choice. The same with mental health. Mental health, dog, we don't have a choice. We wake up and don't know our name. That means mental health chose us. I don't understand how hard that is to grasp. You killed this man's son, but yet you can't fucking own up to it? Um, blows my mind, man. Blows my mind. Um, Jamel, what up, dog? What's going on? Hey, what up, Coach? How you doing? Oh, uh, man, I'm good, brother. I'm good, man. You you ready for You want this hoodie? Of course, man. I've been trying to get I've been trying. I was going to buy some gear anyway as soon as you dropped it. Uh, here you do. I, I'm going to, uh, the, the, the apparel I got coming out, man, should be out hopefully within a week or two. It's almost done, man. It's, it's some fire, too. I'm going to put the poll question on the screen right here. Um, so, um, you got a one-shot deal at this, man. If, if you don't get it, Everybody else is fucked because they're going to be Googling shit. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Is Tom Brady? Oh, I'm sorry. That's not the poll question. Here's the trivia question. Before Tom Brady, who had the most Super Bowl rings? Before Tom Brady, who had the most Super Bowl rings? At quarterback, you mean, right? No, period. Because Tom has the most now. Who had the most before him? Yep. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. He had three. Oh no, this guy is way more than him. No, not not team. I'm not. People in the chat are talking. I don't want to know what team has the most. I said player. I said before Brady. What player had the most rings? Who had the most Super Bowl rings before Tom Brady? 
Not the Steelers, oh, Brad. Uh, Brad said the Steelers, so I, he he he, he must have thought I meant I said the team. Shannon Sharp because he had three. Nah, uh, Charles Haley. How many you got? Four. Five. Oh damn. Charles Haley had four. Uh, I mean, uh, he. I think he had two with the Niners and three with the. Cowboys, or vice versa, yeah. vice versa. I could be wrong, but I know Charles Haley. Um, oh, coach, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Let me pick your brain on some stuff. No doubt. I know you watch the. Uh, you know you watch the. You know the undisputed and the and the all those other shows. How you feel about when the media goes out and um, you know, kind of talks like they actually know what they're talking about. You know, when they try to say things about certain athletes and then you know what I'm saying you know what I mean it, it kind of like dictates they image to the public and the public pick up on that stuff like Odell they make it seem like Odell was the problem and then the public picks up on that does that hurt that does, does that hurt the athlete's uh image and uh oh yeah I got a, I got true stories about that man negotiations and stuff hell yeah good question I got true true meaningful conversations I've had with people at ESPN. All right. I got good friends at ESPN. Um, and there's people that are in the field at ESPN that never go into Bristol. They never go in the office. They're never on TV. They're, they're actually are on TV, but they're not on any shows like, you know, first take or any of that. But I got buddies that are actually out there in the field reporting on games, football games, basketball games, what have you. You know that they actually are, they can't stand their own colleagues when they call out players for what they do not know because you know why? You think those players don't hear that shit and then when this person wants to interview you in the field, the player's looking at you side-eyed like, fuck you, your, your, your colleagues just talk shit about me. It makes it really hard on the frontline worker that is actually working for the same network, um, but they give false information out there. So, like you said, OBJ was a good question. You said OBJ being pushed as the cancer, the bad guy, what have you. I'm not an OBJ fan for several reasons, but, but he is a talent. And I've always said it was Baker Mayfield. You've always seen my shit on, on him. He's horrible. So yeah, you talk about him all the time. And now look at OBJ balling with a quarterback that can fucking get it done. And now you you're saying now everybody's like, well, shit. The hero of this whole thing is OBJ's daddy for posting that video, right? So right. it's funny how that goes, but it's crazy how you can. What it is, dog, to answer your question, to be honest, what it really is, it's irresponsible reporting. I've been the benefit or the I've been on the end of it because I've had USA Today and Sports Illustrated literally defame me and talk shit about me. And totally it was totally wrong. And if you guys haven't noticed, if you guys didn't watch the last dance with Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan comes on there and literally says, fuck Sports Illustrated. They told some stories about me that's not true, and I never even spoke to this dude. It was actually the same motherfucker who talked shit about me years later that I never spoke to. And I was like, damn. So I was trying to fucking say, can we sue these motherfuckers? This is the problem with suing media people and newspapers and different outlets. They are protected by um, freedom of press 
uh, amendment. And they have so much leeway when it comes to that shit. They can't, they can say basically anything they want, dog. And it's irresponsible as fuck, in my opinion. And it really does make it hard on players. But, but you have to make your own assumption and come up with your own thing. Like me, like I think Kyrie Irving is a straight mark. Like, don't play, don't play then and don't choose to play if you're going to fuck your brothers over and not be there for them every game. That's just me. What's the difference between Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers, JB? You, you, you defend one and not the other. The difference is Kyrie's done it several occasions on different fronts, not just the vaccine. This is the first thing you've ever heard about Aaron Rodgers being different to the so-called public. He, he, he fucked up with the vaccine thing and everyone's talking shit. Well, but he's always been there for his team. He's always played. He's never bowed out. He's never fucking claimed to be some excuse why not to play. This guy's getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars, dog, and won't show up for games. Like, how the fuck can you continue to get paid when motherfuckers are working at Walmart, feeding us, serving us our groceries, making $12 an hour, having to deal with you coughing in their face, and they show up every motherfucking day? Like, to me, it's a slap, it's a slap in the face, dog, to me. You think Kyrie's gone after this year? Yeah, I think James Harden's out of there. I think they kind of said, fuck you, dog. I think it's a bad deal. KD's hurt. I mean, it's. I, I'm glad, dog, because I just I do agree with Stephen A. on one thing. If, 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 if the Nets were to win the championship, because obviously if those three play, um, they're legit, right? We know that the talent wins games. They don't yeah. give a fuck who your coach is. Um, but at the end of the day, if they were to win with this fucking – uh, in this manner with Kyrie only playing road games, I think it sets a horrible yeah. precedence and it just creates more of a soft ass culture that we already are in right now. And it's just going to make it harder. So, uh, Hey, I appreciate yeah, I the call dog. Right. I'm, I got to get to the next call, but I appreciate you supporting me, brother. All right, cool. Where are you from? Right, man, no doubt. I'm, from, I'm originally born and raised in Chicago, but I live in Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think about moving to Houston dog. Yeah. Shit. Oh yeah, man, you'll you'll love it out here in Houston. Man. Oh yeah, I love Houston, dog. I used to recruit the shit out of it. Yeah. I, I I like all parts. I'm thinking about maybe maybe uh, Missouri City, League City, that yeah. area. Yeah, and and and, and it, it's only been cold like maybe three times the whole year. It's seventy degrees today. Man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You ain't really you ain't yeah. really changing on the weather too much. Nah, you get that motherfucking hurricane though. I can't fuck with you. Oh yeah, hey, yeah, that rain is crazy. <laughs> all right, brother, I'll holler at you. Yeah, I mean, I right, man. All right, brother, I will holler. CJ, what up? Coach JV, what's up, man? Oh, man, hanging in there, brother. How you doing? Greetings from Detroit. Detroit. Hey, man, I love my uh, Motor City fellas, brother. We're at 25 and snowing. We're happy. Hey, no doubt. Hey, you know why? Real shit. This is why I recruit Detroit so heavy when I coach, because of that simple fact that you just said right there. You can come to a place like Kansas and... That's why I started to stop recruiting Florida. I started recruiting Detroit, Ohio, heavy, 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 um, and Pennsylvania and different places because they're still mill workers. They're fucking blue collar. They're fucking, they don't give a fuck how the weather is. They don't care about chasing females, partying. They come to a small rural town in Kansas and they were there to work. Um, same with my Ohio cats, man. Every every single one from Detroit. I, you know, I, I got a kid named J. Rue Campbell out of Detroit, a very, very famous name if you go and Google him uh, for several reasons. But I saved him, and, and a lot of his, uh, you could say, saved his life. Um, great kid to me. I love the kid to death. Um, 
he ended up winning the Division Two Heisman, which is called the Harlan Hill Award. Um, but he was a division. He signed with Michigan State actually, and then had a had an issue. Um, uh, he went to Cas Tech right there in Detroit, uh, famous high school. But uh, great dude. Hundred percent. We call it grind to shine, brother. That's what we do. We grind to shine. Hey, that's right, brother. That's right. What's going on, man? What what, what question you got? So my question for you is you'd mentioned golf when you're talking about Pat Perez and I've gotten into golf the last 10 or 15 years. We didn't do that as a kid, but as an adult, I've gotten into it. And I knew you grew up with, you know, in the California area. I know Tiger Woods did. You guys are the same age. You mentioned that you had some run-ins with him. And I know you might not want to disclose all that shit, but what can you tell me about Tiger Woods when you guys were growing up together that we might not know now seeing him now as a 46 year old and, you know, everything's close to the vest type shit now. So me and Pat are are same age. He's a he's also a Pisces like myself. He's forty five. Yeah, he'll be forty six March first. Uh, I'll be I'll be forty six on the twenty first of February this month. So we'll, we're both the same age, same year at basically high school, everything. Tiger is also same age, but Tiger's a December baby, so he's December a year. Thirtieth. Yep, he's a little older than us, um, a couple months. But anyway. Um, I call Tiger Weiger Woods ever since I met him and ever since we grew up playing against each other. So we played high school golf against each other for four years straight. Um, and we played, you know, in high school, you only played nine holes. I was a football player. I would come out in a pro club t-shirt, fucking basketball shorts, past my knees, old school Michigan shorts, you know, um, shit like that. And I would just come out there. My dad had me play. So I was, I was actually trained by Tiger Woods trainer. At the same golf course, a golf course called Hartwell Golf Course in Long Beach, California. And we had the same exact uh, golf trainer. So I'm not here to boast or anything, but I'm a pretty good golfer. Um, and I, I haven't played in a long time, but, but, uh, but I was pretty good. So basically, I'll tell you a true story. He was basically, he would average one or two under on a nine-hole round. I would average even to one over. So my best... My closest time to ever even coming close to Tiger in high school, we were sophomores. He was one under, I was one over. So two strokes. But I didn't even play like that. I was just, I was long off the tee. I was always pretty straight. I had a pretty good short game. He was always preppied up, always talking shit, but talking shit in a bougie way. Um, he went to school, a school called Western High School in Cyprus. It's all Asian. They had one black dude at the school. Uh, he was actually a friend of mine. They're still friends to this day, I think. Um, but um, it's ironic, man. You know, we would come off the tee. You know, we, we actually, back in the day, there was Golf Smith and Roger Dunn. You used to go in there back in the early 90s. You could go in there and measure your golf head speed on a mat. You can take a swing, and there was a gun, and it measured your, your, your head speed. Tiger's off the chain. I still think he is. I know at one point he was always the fastest. I think it was like 130 mile an hour golf club speed, head speed. Mine was like around a 120, 118, 120. And I didn't swing as hard as I could. I just, I was pretty natural with the swing. And uh, I would just talk shit to him, man, because I'm like, dude, you do this for a living. This is what's going to be your living. Now, I didn't know who, you know, we didn't know Tiger's going to be Tiger, but he was the number one golfer in America in high school. And he had already signed to Stanford as a freshman, I believe. So he was already the dude. Like he was playing. Him and Pat Perez started playing at eight years old all over the state of California because Pat has told me stories as well. So we all have our own stories about him. 
But Tiger's a different different animal as far as that goes. Um, obviously, not only playing, but his following, obviously. Um, not only is money-wise what he's made, but obviously his following. And I, Michael Collins, a good friend of mine, ESPN caddy, who has a show, obviously. Uh, he'll be here at my house, actually, next Monday. Um, he bought a couple puppies of mine, and uh, he likes Ash as well. So he's going to come check out Ash. But he, he follows Tiger, obviously, and, and he's kind of one of his personal guys that talks to him, takes pictures of him and his family, um, his little son, all that shit. And, and we talk all the time about everything, and he's just like, dude. So when we were at Torrey Pines two weeks ago, um, Michael, I was like, hey, man, who's the biggest guy here right now? And he was like, Fowler by far. Kids dress like Fowler. They, they, they adore him. They dress the Puma shit. He's young. You know, Fowler's actually from Temecula, which is 30 minutes from my house. Um, he's actually from SoCal, and, and he has a huge following. I said, so is it, like, similar to Tiger and shit? And he was like, fuck no. He goes, it ain't even fucking close. He said it's like college and the NFL. I said, really? Dude, I'm telling you, at Torrey Pines, Fowler was getting fucking, like, thousands of cats just running. And little kids, everybody. Um. He said, mother, dude, he, said, he, said, he said, dude, not one of them motherfuckers would have went there if Tiger was there. <laughs> he said Tiger is a Power, different no animal. And uh, Tiger 15. So that's the difference. You said what? But I can't believe that Tiger Woods would have talked shit to you as, as high school. Because, I mean, I think the guy weighed like 155 when he graduated high school. Oh, he didn't talk shit and to me like that. No, he didn't talk shit like that. Don't get it twisted. He talked shit like... <laughs> You can't shoot like this. You can't make that shot. You can't do this. You know, he ain't talking shit like, like, I'm talking shit like getting it. I'm trying to talk shit to you to get it out of you. Like, motherfuck you, motherfucker. He ain't doing that. I was doing that. He wasn't. But, yeah, yeah that's. You would have lost. That's true story, man. That's true story. But, uh, no, nah, I appreciate the call, brother. Much love to Detroit, man. Thanks, coach. All right, brother. Appreciate stay it. up. Be safe. Joel, what up? What is up, JB, man? I'm sorry I couldn't uh, call in yesterday. My lady was not having that shit, but uh, she's uh, It's all good. Her. I don't give a fuck. It's all good, brother. It's all good, man. Hey, what's up to everybody in the chat? Dude, I got a, I got a question for you about the linebacker position today, is, if that's all right with you. I know you talked a little bit about it before, mm-hmm. but it seems like, dude, when I was when I was growing up, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s now, and uh, when I was growing up, it seemed like we had a lot of hard nose, like in between the tackles football. I know that just schematically was the the way that they were doing it with like um, Mike Allstott and Bill Romanowski was like one of the big linebackers back yeah. then, just a nasty motherfucker. Yep. Um, it, I've just kind of got an inkling or a thought that he might not even be able to make some practice squads in the NFL now. Can you? Who, talk who are you talking about? about? What's up? Who are you talking about? Bill Romanowski. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bill Bill Romanowski was a stiff-bodied, um, downhill a gap player. Like this is the difference. And before you ask the rest of the question, I know you're going to elaborate. But back in the day, man, the NFL was 21 personnel, fullback, two back. That two 21 personnel is two backs and a tight end, right? Two receivers. That was the old yeah. school, original West Coast offense, and. What it was was we're running ISO on offense, we're running power, we're running toss, and we're running play action off of it underneath center. And Dallas Cowboys with Emmitt Smith, uh, the Giants back in the day with Otis fucking, uh, what was OJ's name, man? The big running back they had, uh, fuck. 
when they won their Super Bowls with Dave Meggett, Thunder and Lightning and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, Romanowski would, would be fine then because he was a gap downhill fucking take on the guard and make a play. Nowadays, the football has totally changed. It's, 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 it's tempo. It's spread out. It's RPO. We're reading you now. And Bill Romanowski running down an A-gap on that run fake to get back out into pass defense would never happen. Yeah, That's why nowadays nowadays the, 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 the linebackers are light. They're athletic. They run 4-4. Four, four. They're 220 to 245 pounds. Back in the day, you could never play linebacker under 250. Yeah. So the game has just changed to answer your question, and that's that's just what it is. And that's why even back in the day, linebackers never won Super Bowls. They the, the D line and DBs always had helped them. And linebackers, to be honest, man, that's why they're so low paid. They're they're the weak link, and they're guys that we can just get away with um, if we can have great secondary play, great D line play. You you don't need great linebacker play no more. And well, you never have, in my opinion. And so. Um, it is what it is, man. That's what I think. Yeah. So the, the thing that I was thinking about is those, I mean, I, I think you already kind of answered the question, but like those big motherfuckers, like Bill Romanowski and shit, I don't, I don't really know if you would make some practice squads, uh, in the NFL now. I mean, the guy yeah. looked like his neck was fucking broken half his career. Yeah. I, I, the way, the thing I would combat, what I would combat is you can argue yeah. that he was a racist, you know, a motherfucker spitting, uh, <laughs> Spitting uh my boy's fucking uh who was that Flipper Anderson who the fuck was the receiver oh it was J J Stokes but anyway uh the thing you can't measure though is nuts and guts and I don't believe I believe he would have willed his way to make a team now because there's linebackers back in the day like him see we're more athletic now we're faster we're stronger we can jump higher we can do everything nowadays that they couldn't do we couldn't do my era. Yeah, the measurables have improved. Yeah, like no doubt. But what they but what they don't have now is nuts and guts. And I believe see, this is the true story. I used to we used to have skills and drills, we called it in when I played in college, even at, even in the NFL in the practice squad. And I was with the Chiefs on the practice squad for a while. And I would see these fucking unbelievable NFL Hall of Fame type of players. The, the, the you know the the Mortons of the world and the, the Eddie Kinnisons these guys that ran four two, but I was beating them in a shuttle run. How is that? Because in my opinion, I had nuts and guts, and I was going to run my hardest and fastest, regardless in the short span that it was. And would I ever beat you in a forty? Fuck no. Would I ever beat you in a twenty? Fuck no. But I will outwill your ass, and I believe that's true to this day. I don't believe. That these young cats that are more athletic in, than ever, I believe there is a thing called a waste of talent. And just imagine if these motherfuckers worked their asses off and had the nuts and guts that we had, you would have a totally different animal. You would have the most unbelievable players of all time, NBA included, college basketball included. We we don't have that no more because of the whole culture that we now face of soft fucking society. Yeah. I, I just don't think – I think the nuts and guts would prevail in certain areas like a Romanowski. Yeah. Now – And like you – I think you've talked about this shit before. Like you've got you've got kids, especially at the JUCO level, with so much potential. But if they don't put the fucking effort in, like there's nothing worse than wasted potential. Wasted especially talent. at that level yeah. when they have 
everything riding on it. Like they come from these poor backgrounds and shit like that, you know, and they, they're pretty much like riding on all of this and they've got all this potential. And for some reason, like a, a, some guys just don't have the effort to put in. Yeah, they don't, man. And it's, it's because we allow it. We don't coach it. We allow them to pull up short of the line. We allow them to not finish through the line. We allow them not to start behind the line. Simple directions that we allow that they do not do is setting them up for failure. And that's what yeah. we do not address enough. And coaches are failing these kids and they don't realize it. And it's unfortunate. That's why I go, I never blame the kid. That's why I always go straight to the coach. I'm like, how the fuck does your players not understand how to graduate and become an NCAA qualifier? I go around the country speaking to high schools and I ask the players to raise their hand if they can tell me who, how, what it takes to become an NCAA qualifier. And you know, I've spoke to 48 high schools in the last two years around the country, and I have yet to be told the correct answer. And this is nationally. That is a fucking problem. That is the true epidemic and pandemic. And every time I see a kid, oh, every time I see the kid give me the wrong answer, I fucking turn around and I straight dead eye the coach. And I'm like, it's your fucking fault. And they look at me like, damn. It's your fucking fault that your kid don't know how to graduate high school and don't ha- and don't know how to become a fucking qualifier. Mm-hmm. Do you think my high school kids would not know how to become a high school qualifier? Fuck. They're going to know. And that's going to be taught early when I get the job because I don't know how bad you are off academically. I got to get you fixed first in the fucking classroom. Fuck playing because you can play all you want and be the best player. But, dude, these high school coaches and college coaches, they all want to go to bed at night thinking that their dick is bigger than yours by winning football games. It don't give I don't give a fuck about winning football games at the end of the day when I go to bed. I want to make sure the kid ain't dead or in jail and graduates and has an opportunity to earn a fucking scholarship. Because at the end of the day, my job is to get you where you could not get yourself. And that's what these coaches don't realize. I speak to coaches every day, dude. They have not a fucking clue. They have not a clue how to get these kids to where they could not get themselves. They're all about themselves. They all think that they're supposed to be the best play caller and the fucking dude and wear the best polo. And it's fucking alarming and sad. And I'm just looking at these motherfuckers like, are you fucking joking me? How about you get well, the best I mean, player? Ace then JB, like they're not real coaches. No, they're not. You know, they just, it shouldn't be about the money. It should be about the fucking kids. And I, yeah, not, I agree. It's not that. about that. Um, Michael Fuller, what up? Michael Fuller is a high school football coach. Um, and uh, he can tell you the same thing, man. It, it, you know, we, we all worry about X's and O's. We all worry about this and that. We're not worried about, we all worried about fucking all the UCLA coaches coming to campus. Like, motherfucker, I don't give a fuck about that because they don't give a fuck about you. So I want to make sure the players are first and foremost. And I'm worried about those kids playing for me in a manner that's going to be successful for us to win games, but also get those kids out and be and, and earn scholarships. So, um, yeah, gotcha, baby. Well, hey, man, thanks for talking. Hey, I, I appreciate, appreciate you, Joel. All uh, right, brother. I'll safe. talk to you later. All right, Brian. What up? Hey, coach. How's it going? Hey, every day is an interview, brother. I see you in the uh, see you in a suit and tie. No, I just got off work. That's hey, right, Coach. Man, the, 
two shows I missed, man. You're killing me on these trivia questions. The day I can't make it, oh, you man. Get them for me. I know, right? I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, hey, Michael, call in. Today, uh, what's, what's the Bengals going to do against Donald and, and Von Miller coming off the edge? They got anything for him? No, they don't. The problem is you can get after him if the secondary wasn't very good, like the, like the Chiefs and the Titans. Their secondary wasn't very good. Now you got the best secondary in football playing with the pass rush. So Burrow's not going to be able to get the ball out quick and get pressure, and I think he's going to look more like a rookie than he has all year. And that's not because of him. I think it's going to be because of the, the, what the Rams present. <laughs> and the Rams present too many issues for the Bengals, in my opinion. Man, I don't think it's going to be a close game, dude. I think it's going to be close early. I think third, fourth quarter, the Rams are going to pull away pretty big. So is the best part of the game going to be the halftime show? Yep. You seen Snoop's post? No, I hadn't seen it. He said, uh, what did he say? He said, it was pretty funny, man. It was pretty trendy. He said, uh, he said, he said, join Dre, myself, Eminem, Mary J. And I hear there's a football game being played. (laughs) It'll, it'll definitely, it'll definitely, it'll definitely be the most watched halftime ever. Right. So Stafford wins first ballot hall of famer with all his numbers. I think so. I I also think if Carson Palmer would have won one, he deserves. I had Carson's brother uh, on here um, who does quarterback training out here in in SoCal, Jordan Palmer. And uh, he didn't he didn't vote for his own brother to be in the Super uh, into the Hall of Fame. But I did. I was like, dude, I think Carson's one of the best ball spinners of all time. But he just not going to get the credit. And and unfortunately, he got hurt in Cincinnati twice. And then with the Cardinals when he was balling. Um, and, uh, who knows, man, cause that Cardinal team was pretty good too. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate. I think he's in a similar situation as Carson Palmer. If, if Carson won one, would you put him in the, in the hall of fame still? I don't know if Stafford wins one. I don't know. Um, but Stafford has a chance to win a few, um, I think he has a chance to win two in the next four years before he's too old. So, gotcha. nah, nah, I appreciate you, dog. I'm going uh, to take another call. Um, All right. I'll holler at you uh, tomorrow. All right, brother. See you, coach. What coach, up, brother? How you doing, man? Oh, man? Uh, man, chilling, man, chilling. Coach, man, look, 26 years I've been a high school varsity football coach. And probably two out of those 26 years. Tell everybody where you're at. I'm in Temecula, California, gotcha. SoCal. Yep. So probably only two or three out of those years with the same coach, by the way, did I ever have a meaningful conversation as a staff about what our obligation was to those kids as not just coaches, but just as adults that have learned life lessons, right, about what we didn't do right when we were kids when it comes to getting them into school. Currently dealing with this situation with my boy. He's a freshman. 6'2", 240, got 1,100 on his SAT, 4.2 GPA, three-sport athlete. Unfortunately, we're dealing with a school that's gone through four head coaches in four years. So where's the continuity there when it comes to recruiting? Where's the platform? Where's the social media? Where's just the conversation with a kid as an individual when you sit them down and stop worrying about them just getting a 2.0 so they can play for you on fucking Friday night 
and get those kids to where they're being prepared to go to college with the academic strains and pressures that come with getting a scholarship. It's making me just nauseous. Are you still coaching? No, this year I was asked not to come back. Really? Because I had some, I had some fucking slap dick parents. Oh yeah. Who didn't like the fact that I told their kids they weren't good enough and they needed to get better, but that they had the potential to be there. And as freshmen, nobody's getting a damn scholarship unless you're a five-star athlete and playing on Friday nights. But these kids playing on Thursday at 3 o'clock just need to worry about getting their hands in a three-point stance and being good students and being good young men and women, right? right. I had a girl play for me this year. So apparently 8-2 and two in league and 75 kids, only two of them were academically ineligible at grade check, wasn't good enough for them. Right. The parents that complain. But that's neither here nor there, man. I'm not going to change the kind of coach I am. I can go get a job tomorrow. Right. I'm going to sit back in the stands and be a good fan for my son. And and I'm going to take that role of reaching out and talking to people and making sure he's getting the right visibility. But as a parent, my job is to make sure he gets up, goes to school. He's a good young man. He does his he does his homework. Us as coaches, we have the end knowledge on what these kids need to be doing to become better better young men and get into college yeah. and prepare them for if they blow a fucking knee out, they got an education to back it up. That's the thing, man. That's why these cats are transferring so much too. the coaches. I think we suck their dick so hard to beg them to stay. And then at the end of the day, the kids are so untrustworthy. They're still leaving you. So why are you sucking yeah. their dick? They're still leaving you. Right. So this is the issue though. Like I've walked around and talked to these schools and I know we've talked before. I, I've talked to these schools all around the country and I've talked to these coaches in their meetings before I talk to the kids. And I'm asking these coaches. I'm like, hey, coach, let me ask you something. What do you have to have to be a qualifier and break it down for me? And not one coach knows. And that's the cold part about this thing. Because how the fuck do you expect your players to know? And you know what the cold part is, though? That's what these coaches and kids, if, if you were a cold coach, and let's say you're at whatever the powerhouse, Marietta Valley or whatever, and your kid is trying to bounce on you and go to modern day, right? Like everybody's trying to do. Okay, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go to modern day. But I, I, this is how I, I fucked up a lot of coaches with this, and they were like, holy shit. I was like, I would never have a kid leave me. You know why? This kid that's leaving me and trying to go to modern day, and modern day is telling this kid, their only reason that kid is leaving is because why? Modern day is telling them we have 22 kids going D1. Well, that is a lie. And nobody's researching it. Go research the fact that they do not have 22 kids going D1. They're not eligible because the kid they're taking from you doesn't have 10 core classes completed after their junior year. And they are already deemed ineligible by the NCAA. But nobody wants to break this down, and no coaches in America know this rule. They all think you have to have 16 cord, and you're done as a senior, and da-da-da-da-da. No, motherfucker. If you don't have 10 core after your junior year, you're already ineligible, and you can't make it up your senior year. You have until the end of the summer, your junior year, to get that 10 core. And you know these kids... I'm telling these kids, go see your counselor. Make these motherfuckers work. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're what I call time card punchers. And, Coach, you know between me and you, administrators, teachers, and there's some teachers that aren't, but most part, 
And I don't blame the teachers no more because of what they have to deal with in the classroom. But at the same time, there is time card punchers. They type, they clock in at eight, they clock out at three. They don't give a fuck what your baby mama issues are after seven o'clock at night. They don't give a fuck that you got arrested. They don't give a fuck that. But guess what? Coaches, we work 24-7, seven days a week, 365 a day, a year, and we never close. We take the midnight call. We take the 3 a.m. call. We go get the kid out of jail. We go save their life. But yet, we're the first ones to get fired when your dumbass administration takes the side of the parent when the kid throws an eraser at the teacher's head from the back, and then we all want to say, oh, the teacher fucking cussed me out. Really? How about we castrate your motherfucking ass parent, mom and dad, that allow this motherfucker to be this disrespectful in the classroom? And then secondly, you have no fucking clue what it takes to graduate, but you hear modern day tell you, I'll get your kid a scholarship. No, you won't. The kid's already ineligible. So the question you want to ask those those schools when they're telling you they got 22 kids to D1, right? So when, though? See, that's the question. When are they getting out? When, when, and did they bounce back? And if they bounced back, why the fuck did they bounce back? They bounced back because they weren't mentally prepared for what they were going to get into. And that's your fucking fault, Coach. Yeah. Because you didn't hold them accountable in the classroom. Yeah. You didn't hold this ass accountable in the weight room. Yeah. You didn't hold this ass accountable on Friday and Saturday when he was putting stupid shit on fucking Snapchat and Instagram. <laughs> and you just passed that shit along and just, oh, I got this kid to D1. Yeah, but that motherfucker bounced back to no fucking where university in the JUCO somewhere and never got out. And oh, by the way, he's got two felonies under his belt because you didn't fucking hold him accountable when he was 15 goddamn years old. That's your fucking fault. And, you know, the other problem is with that, though, you got these D1 coaches who are offering your kid on Twitter. They never talk to you. You don't know that your kid just got offered, but they don't know your kid just robbed McDonald's last night. And you're not trying to vouch for that kid at all. You're trying to tell this coach he's a shit bird. He might be my best player, but he fucking robbed McDonald's last night. That's why I had so many problems with these big name head coaches at the four year level when I walk in my office and I told them to get the fuck out and everybody was like, holy fuck. And you and I'm like, really, you offered them on Twitter, I heard. Well, here's the other thing. I had a conversation with the D1 running back coach yesterday. I'll send you the screenshots, coach, between you and I. Right. And I asked him if this is an academic school. I don't want to say the names. I don't want to throw anybody out there. But I asked him because I heard a rumor from somebody saying that. A lot of schools aren't using SAT scores right now. They're not. That, right? You don't have to. we got three years, yeah. Do you hear any of these fucking high school coaches putting the focus on their transcripts? No. There's nothing. All they're worried about is 2.0. So fast-ass Johnny or six foot six Johnny can play for me on Friday night. Oh, that's how it's been, no fuck. You know how that is. It's about, like I said, you're going to sleep at night thinking you're winning and losing football games, and that's your total judgment. That's what you're getting judged on. No. Like, if that little, if little Johnny goes out and gets fucking shot in the street tonight, you're going to be able to sleep at night, huh? Because you worked on his fucking 2.0 so fucking graciously. Like, I don't know, man. It's, It's fucked up, man. It's a fucked up deal. The problem is, man. The portal has fucked over you guys at the high school level, so mm-hmm. you're not really getting looked at it like you once were. JUCO is going to fucking falter. I think JUCO's over with because they're not recruiting them either because you have thir- you know 6,500 kids in the portal, and 
They're going to try to take a portal kid, which just left another place for whatever reason. To me, you're damaged goods. I would never fuck with you. But at the same time, um, you know. Coach, it's the land of blue ribbons. I, you know, I, I had a kid play for me his freshman year a few years back. He averaged almost two. He, he, he averaged almost two bucks a game running the ball. Little short, stocky, badass running back. He comes to me at the end of the season. He goes, Coach, I no can't offers. wait, man. I'm, I'm going to see my mom. I ain't seen in ten years back in Philly. And I said, Where's she living in Philly? He goes, Right in the city. I said, Hey, man, be careful out there. Don't go do nothing stupid. A week later, I got a phone call from his dad. Mom, who hadn't seen the kid in ten years, let him go to a party at two in the morning. He left the house at two in the morning and got shot in the eye. Done. Done. Yeah. Those are the little stories like you brought up earlier that us as coaches, right? You don't get the you don't get the the pat on the back. Or we don't do it for a pat on the back. Right. But you know, if some if you know little Johnny who was a pop Warner fucking all star doesn't get his reps when he's a freshman in you know in high school. It's, you know, it's your fault, not theirs, because, you know, they didn't do it right. But, Coach, I won't take up any more of your time, man. I really appreciate you letting me be on here. Anytime I can squeeze in here, man, I'd love to. And you keep doing you, man. Hey, no doubt, brother. Hey, we got to get together, man, and play some golf. Brother, sooner than later. Hey, no doubt. I'm going to Phoenix Open, man, this weekend with Pat uh, Perez and watch him and shit. And then uh, I'll be back. Huh? Listen, I don't want to see no Urban Meyer bumping grind photos of your ass down there, okay? You keep it. Uh, keep, hey, you ain't gonna have no no, no two finger discount with me, dog. I, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out the way, man. I'm gonna stay out the way. But I, uh, hey, uh, in a couple weeks though, uh, hit me up, man. DM me because uh, this Sunday I'm having something together. If you're not doing nothing, and next week, next week I'm having a little birthday thing, man. Uh, I'm not too far from yeah. you, so Let's come do through. It. I'll be in touch, brother. All right, brother. Stay Take care. Um. Nathan, what up? You got to become a member first, dog. Come on, man. What's going on with that? Yeah, TJ, you didn't know the rule? Because of COVID, you don't have to have an SAT score right now. You do not have to have an SAT score to play to get a four-year scholarship. So I don't know if you knew that. Um So check that out, TJ. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. You guys had to worry about, especially the SAT is being is a culturally biased test, just so we know. <laughs> the ACT is a much more less cultural biased test, and usually the ACT is more of a Midwest, East Coast test. The West Coast is always taking the SAT, and it's fucking crazy because we have so many... Um, we have so many fucking players, you would think we would take the ACT more. But we don't, so it is what it is. Um, Lane said, franchise trying to clap you. What does that mean? Shit, I, I didn't have the, the chat open, man. So, um, No, I haven't started after hours, Lisa. We're still on the podcast. Everybody out there, I appreciate you. Um, I'm going to jump off the audio side and... Uh, and uh, I'm going to jump off the audio side, man. And I will make sure that uh, you guys are staying on the After Hours show on YouTube. Stay here and stay with me. We'll, I'll be here. Um, we're going to chop it up as I upload the audio side. Everybody on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, 
Appreciate you guys. I'll see you tomorrow for Work Boot Wednesday. Make sure you have your fucking hard hats on and ready to go. I appreciate everybody, man, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. YouTube, stay here for After Hours. Peace. Transform you in the I hate a storm, hell Mary's, I make it poor. Good I ain't lying, you little giants, we been defying. Rising, 